Welcome everyone to another Slab Sox Monday YouTube live stream at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you so much for coming to today's show. I'm very, very excited. I've got Nate with me again here today. How's it going, Nate? Hola, it's going well. It's uh, a balmy, I, I think the high was 16 degrees today and it is oh. only dropping as we're speaking. So I think it's a, it's a balmy seven degrees here in Eau Claire. So we're, we're in the thick of winter now, officially. Yeah. It was pretty warm. It was pretty warm for a while through November, but uh, it is getting colder. The wind was really going crazy today, too. Uh, Michael Ham, Fishing and Sports Card Hobbies. How are we doing today? Uh, very excited for today's discussion because we will be talking about which Panini NBA sets are the most sought after. And this is a completely audience-driven discussion because yesterday I had the idea to post onto our Instagram stories three different polls that asked people which set they thought was the most important high-end RPA set, meaning rookie patch auto set, which set was the most important staple set. So this is basketball we're talking. So like Prism, Optic, or Select. If it were to be baseball, something like Topps Flagship or Bowman Chrome, something of that na nature. And then the third one was on-card rookie autographs. Which ones are the most important on-card rookie autographs, not including patch autos? So like no impeccable patch autos, no immaculate, flawless, or NT. Those are safe for the high-end ones. And of course, there were only three only three choices per category. We did not do four. I want to make sure we kept it concise and then three categories overall. So we'll talk about that today. Um, Tony says two live weeks in a row for me. He's on a hot street, just like the Lions. Low blow for all the Vikings fans out there. Came beat by the 0-10-1 Lions. That was the worst defense I've ever seen. That was by far the most excited I think I've been this entire football season. When I Jared Goff let I that go... And you actually saw St. Brown catch it. Speaking of that's uh, Equinemius's brother. Is it? Yeah, I looked it up. It's I assumed, but I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah Nick Cole was... says, Noir goes hard. I agree. It's my favorite Panini high-end set, but didn't make it into today's video. But it's a great set. And I'm very excited to talk about um, all this stuff today. So 412 Sports Cards. Hey, guys, finally made it to live. Well, welcome. Uh, if anyone's a first-time viewer, please let us know and we'll welcome you uh as we should and we are on episode number 60 today so really getting up there and uh before getting into the uh most sought after MB panini nba sets i want to have a brief discussion about budget cards 15 dollars and under because i post this on instagram because i myself like i'm sure many others out there get very caught up with what are the high-end sales how is the high-end market moving uh which sales are setting records and all of those end up normally being a thousand plus dollar cards, sometimes a hundred thousand plus dollar cards, uh, sometimes a million plus dollar cards. But I want to make sure to start off today's live stream, we uh, at least say, and also I'm going to ask Nate a question here that there is a low end market out there and that we participate in it, uh, Nate, more so than myself, although I do when I can and have time to. And it is how I got into cards, and it's how many people get into cards. And I don't want people to be dissuaded from joining sports cards because all that they see out there through content, either our own or other people's, and we try not to do this, um, is just post about high end cards and high end sales. Now, on the screen here, I have two cards that sold for $15 or under. This was about a week ago, I think. And a Vlad Topps Chrome Update rookie sold for $14. A Zion Orange Ice uh, second year from Prism sold for $10. The orange ice dropped like 44% value. The Vlad gained marginal value at best. But Nate, I want to ask you a question. And this is what I asked the people on Instagram uh, to help other people out, out there, like people who might be watching. 
Uh, what's your number one tip for people when buying low end cards, $15 and under, because I've done it myself in the past. I still do it. Now you do it a lot. And it, I just think there's a lot of people out there that just need a little bit of a push in one direction and maybe you can help out. Um, well, I think there's, I have two tips right off the bat. Number one, go to shows. You can find really cheap cards and you can actually inspect their condition at a show. Right. Um, and that's, that's key because, you know, sometimes you feel like you're getting a good deal and the, uh, back corner is obliterated. They don't take a picture or something like that. So you can see condition and you can also probably get pretty good deals at shows. So if you can, if you have a show near you show up live, somebody has a $5 card, they might be willing to sell it to you for two bucks. It doesn't sound like much. It's not much, but every little bit counts if you are getting in on the low end of things. Um, and then number two uh try to find guys that you think that are like way off if we're talking baseball single a prospects that have their first bowman chrome base um or guys you think might break out Devonte graham for instance i thought he was going to break out last year i had some cards of his and they exploded um guys that aren't on people's radars but you believe in that are cheap now a lot of times these guys are not going to hit and they, how, how many times did i hear People talk about Luka Samanich because his name was Luka. And they're like, oh, I'm going to buy a ton of him because, you know, he got released by the Spurs. Um, but those would be my two things. Key in on a guy that you believe in really well. Like, I knew Devonta Graham really well because I watched his entire Kansas Jayhawk career. And I watched nearly every single game they had except for the ones that weren't on for four years. So I knew what Devonta Graham could do. And I knew that they only had Terry Rozier there and nothing else uh, between him and minutes. And so I knew he was going to get some minutes. I knew what he could do in college. I was uh, excited for that and expecting him to do well in that opportunity, which he did. So if you know somebody really well and you know, they're not getting an opportunity, buy in on them. Jonathan Taylor. I bought quite a bit of Jonathan Taylor cards when they were really cheap. Uh, most of them for personal collection reasons like badger cards, I do have a couple of Colts cards, which I will probably end up selling a few of the Colts ones this year. Sometimes no matter how much you love a player, player even if you're even if he's your favorite pl college player of all time, which I'm sure Devontae Graham was probably Nate's favorite college player ever. Jonathan oh. Taylor is definitely my favorite college player ever. Um, sometimes when you got those cards of them not in the Jayhawks or Badger jersey, it's like eh, it goes up five times in value. Yeah, I can sell it. I can sell it. You know, if you if you buy if you buy a, a prism base for 25 cents and somebody's willing to pay you $13. You that's stuff. like that's like yeah. that's like the full Taco Bell party pack right there. It is. Um, also, if anyone's watching right now and wants to comment, I also welcome you to drop your tip for budget buying fifteen dollars and under. What is your number one tip uh, to maybe help others out out there in the sports car marketplace that wants to get into the market and just doesn't necessarily know how to start or maybe just needs a little bit of a helping hand? I would love for you to drop your tips down here in the comments. One more, one more thing, Aaron. Before yep. we move on, real quick. Um, just because I had four low end cards sell on eBay, I had a number of cards up on eBay for months, N nobody touching them. I just kind of, I kind of forgot about them actually. And, um, there were three Andrew Vaughn Bowman Chrome refractors, $10 a piece. I got them for a dollar a piece at the national. So there you go. Dollar bin hunting works when you go to shows. Um, and I sold them each for $10 just today and yesterday. So that's, uh, that's 10 times your profit on dollar things. And then also um, Vlad Guerrero, uh, two bucks for a Vlad Guerrero Jr. Tops update rookie 
uh, home run derby card. I mean, just an absolute trash card. And so, like, never in my life would I spend $2 on that card. And never in my life did I ever think they'd be worth it. But I set them off to the side just because it was Vlad and who knows what had happened. Put them up for two bucks. They all got popped. So it's like it's like sometimes it's, you know, diving in on the low end, buying other people's cards. Sometimes it's just going back through your own boxes, looking for cards you don't expect to be worth anything and putting them up and see what happens. GT Black says local card shows are the best bet. Dealers, dealers will work with you, too, if they know you're bowling on a budget. And I will uh, concur with that statement because I've been to many local shows where dealers are very uh, kind with their deals and price off depending on how many cards you buy. And I want to point out, too, uh, when I went to the Vegas show, I bought a lot of Peyton Manning cards. They probably averaged out to like 10 bucks a piece or less on the Peyton Manning cards specifically, specifically other than two were like his second year Topps Chrome and Bowman Chrome Refractors. But I got like a 2008 Topps Chrome Copper numbered out of, I don't know what it's numbered out, 499 or something like that. And I just sent it to SGC and actually I just got an email that all my grades from my Vegas card show pickups are done and it's getting shipped back to me. I'll be here on Thursday um for my sgc submission so i'm very excited about that and that was an opportunity to buy cards 10 to 15 dollars send them to sgc i like to do it with cards i was buying like 97 um allen iverson cards 96 allen iverson cards just like different ones that aren't your like lamella bell 2020 select base you know something that's exciting that is kind of rare to where if you list it on ebay people actually come and offer because there's just not that many so uh, that was my plan there was buy cards uh older cards like that to send to sgc and we'll see how it works out i sent some newer ones there too so very excited about that hey quick quick last thing last thing because you got us started on budget buying and that's my that's my forte uh check out my cards com c is nice for buying bulk buying a base and it's true i went on there last year and i bought um a bunch of Everson Pieria mojos or mega just, just has them right in front of him. I, yeah, I had them in a pile uh, across the room. So I went and grabbed them and I bought every single one I could get my hands on for under $2 a piece. And I also bought a blue for $16. So right in that range, that $15 range. Um, I mean, this entire stack, there's 10 cards here, I believe. Uh, 10 cards here, and this entire stack probably cost me 26, 27, 28 bucks, something like that. Maybe 30. We'll say 30 bucks. Um, but probably not even that. Uh, maybe 30 to ship. So that for that stack of 10 cards, and at their height, the mojos themselves were up to $15 a piece. So it's like you can do really good on check out my cards. Good work, Nate. That's why I brought it up because I knew you were going to be here to talk about it. <laughs> All right, we're 11 minutes in already, so we'll get going. But before getting into the Panini NBA talk, sorry for everyone listening on podcast later. I guess we could have fast-forwarded, but too late now. Uh, I just announced on Instagram like 15 minutes ago, spent the entire afternoon shooting the video and editing it. Uh, I, well, Slab Stocks, just not myself, but I'm specifically going to Tampa uh, this Thursday for the Collector's Con show that Jamil's putting on. Uh, he's actually going to be joining us later in today's episode to talk about his show but I, I am partnering with SGC to go to Tampa and to buy SGC and raw cards at the show. I have a $7,000 card budget. Uh, thank you so much to both SGC and whatnot for helping and uh, helping us raise money for Camp Kessim to send kids to camp for free whose parents have or had cancer. And I will go there and buy $7,000 with the cards. 
bring them all the way back to Wisconsin. And then on December 19th, I'll be going live on whatnot for a holiday charity night at 8 p.m. Eastern time on the whatnot app. That's where it's going to be. It's not going to be on YouTube. It's not going to be on Instagram. It's going to be on whatnot exclusively. So please download whatnot if you have not already. Uh, search Slab Stocks and save that stream because it's going to be very important. Um, I'm very excited to go and buy all those cards. But if those cards all sell for $500, the $7,000 of the cards I buy, Camp Custom gets $500. And we don't want that. You know, We want them to get $7,000 plus because on top of that, SGC is donating 80 free card grades to the people that buy through the stream. So my expectation is I'm going to go and buy around 40 different cards to sell. Uh, of those 40 cards, each card that sells, the person that buys it will, or the, that specific item will receive two free grades with it. That's if there's 40. Now, if there's 80 cards I buy, there'll be one per auction. Meaning if you buy like five cards in that night, you're going to get 10 free grades potentially. It just depends on how many. I'll state it live there that night. You will receive. So SGC, absolutely phenomenal job uh, helping out with this. I can't believe I talked to uh, the president, Peter, for like a few minutes and he was in so fast and uh, threw in that 80 free submission on top of it, which is like, you know, if you send 80 cards yourself, it's $2,400. Um, so it's it's big. It's like it's 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 a big deal. And I'm very excited for this. And I hope we can raise anywhere between seven and $10,000 for Camp Kessim. Uh, we thanks to the sports card community, uh, we were able to raise one hundred twenty seven thousand dollars at the national this past summer. Uh, so very excited to get back in the mix with Camp Kessim and donate more money and send more kids to camp this holiday season. So I'm pumped. I'm really pumped. Cool. Um, sorry that Nate can't be there, though. I wish wish that could happen, but he won't be there with me buying cards. I'll, I get to go and blow all the money myself. So <laughs> fun for me. <laughs> uh, I'll give you uh, I'll give you options. Also, uh, Magic says, forgot to tell you, Aaron and Nate, I hate you guys. Uh, I think I forgot to say hi to him when he joined the stream, so he definitely hates us. Well, you know, uh, in my mind I said it, but Aaron was talking. So, Magic, if you just go back, if we had like a mental telepathy, you would have been able to hear me. I'm sorry. Uh, Global Aaron, on the other hand, had no mental telepathy. He did not say hi at all. Oh, that's too bad. Uh can us internationals get involved with whatnot? I don't know. You'll have to download whatnot and put in your address and see if you can. Um, if not, send me an email, info at slabsocks.com, and I can try to get you on. All right, here we go. Now time for the main uh, part of the stream. So thank you all for listening to all that. Don't forget, December 19th, Sunday uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern time is when the charity night stream is going to happen. So these were the three polls that we had on Instagram. Imagine that the screen is split into thirds, uh, left to right. And those were the three different polls we ran on NT Flawless and Immaculate for the high-end rookie patch autos. Prism Select and Optic for the staple brand of Panini. And Optic Contenders and Optic Contenders for the on-card rookie autographs. Now keep in mind, when I put this poll up, I said, vote on this as if you're a collector and which set is best for you as a collector. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the results were of the voting and to talk about them. I know we already know the results, but we'll show them and then we'll talk about them. So the first category we're going to talk about is the high-end rookie patch auto segment of Panini. And for this one, I picked three different brands, National Treasures, Flawless, and Immaculate. Probably could have put Impeccable in there as a fourth option, although I imagine that would have gotten like 20 votes, so I didn't put it in there. Um, but National Treasures won this voting with 66% of the votes. And that was actually the most votes of any brand of any of these polls. It got over a thousand two hundred votes. And then 
We have got Flawless in second with 24%, Immaculate in third with 10%. If you're watching the stream right now, please drop a comment and let us know which high-end rookie patch auto set you think is the best for collectors out of these three. Now, a lot of it is pretty, uh, you know, subjective. Uh, it's the only really objective way to do a ranking on this is by the sales values of the cards. So we're going to show those now, and we're going to show what the sales values of these three different cards are brands are. And for that, Nate picked RJ Barrett. So Nate, talk to us about why you picked RJ Barrett. I was looking for somebody that was still a decent name without being Zion or Ja, but still recent because um, you have like 2020. I don't know. Is flawless out for 2020? Neither okay. is immaculate. Okay, because I couldn't find anything on them, so I figured they weren't out. No. So then I went to 2019, but I didn't want to do Zara Giant. I still needed a big name. We landed on RJ there. Yeah, and I think it's a good idea because also once you start to go back to like 2018, 2017, 2016, those guys' as cards just pop up far less often. Um, and then once you get into like the realm of Luca and Trey and Zion and Ja their cards are selling through high-end auction houses and it's hard to get the dates close enough or anything that's really recent or even affordable for that matter. Um, so it's just kind of hard to relate. But we have his 2019 NTRPA here. It's a BGS 8.510, numbered out of 99. That sold for $3,250 on November 21st, a few weeks ago uh, on eBay. Now, if we go to Flawless, which was ranked number two, this was his Flawless rookie patch out of the vertical one. Now, there are horizontal RPAs in Flawless, there also is a national treasures. They aren't really like the true RPA as people say. And the one numbered off 25 is the highest numbered flawless RPA for NT. It's number out of 99. So it's a pretty comparable card in terms of uh, perception in that set. And this one's over $1,500. The funny thing is, is when you look back at the ranking, 66% NT votes, 24% flawless votes. The values of the cards kind of line up perfectly with that the distribution and taking it one, one step further aside from a quick little diamond PSA nine of RJ Baird here. Um, if y'all didn't know there are diamonds in flawless and Nate wanted to share that with you all. <laughs> so for $470. Well, it's just one of those things where it's, it's, it's kind of like a, I mean, it's not an auto, it's not an RPA it does have a diamond in it. And it's very close to in price to the immaculate RPA. True, but it's not an RPA, which is what this whole voting was for. But no, I, I know, I know, I know. But it was like it was like you have you have this somewhat kind of crappy card. The whole the whole sticking point is it has a stupid diamond in it, and it is close. Look how close that price is. I know. Actually, Nate, that's a great thing because I, for one, would be buying this RPA number nine ninety nine BGS eight point five nine. While it is not a great grade at all. Uh, sells for $510. I still think RPAs, you have some leeway on the grading. Now, keep in mind the autograph on this, it's on the acetate surface. And if the player did not sign it as if he knew that his autograph would carry potentially thousands of dollars to someone else, um, it gets pretty streaky pretty fast. But so for $510, the Flawless Diamond, number dot 10, PSA 9, sold for $470. Uh, the Flawless Diamonds are kind of like the base cards, uh, Flawless also. Now, I think like, there are number ones number out 25, so that's a parallel because it says gold. But uh, yeah, in reality, when you compare $510 for Immaculate versus $1,500 for Flawless, which I think that this was in October, so it might be a little bit 
cheap depending on how people like RJ Barrett this year. I'm not, I don't know anything about RJ Barrett this year, but all I know is that $1,500 seems cheap compared to BGS 8.59 from Immaculate, something for 510. Um, and then you got the NT for 3250. And that pretty much lines up exactly with how this was voted on. Now, it makes me question once I saw this first poll result. I know I said, hey, vote on this as if you were a collector. What's the best set for you? I know people can vote on however they want because it's a subjective poll. It, there's nothing that makes us objective at all based on someone thinking that set's better for a collector than another one. But how much, Nate, how much does value skew the perception of what's, I guess, good? I mean, it does in everything, does it not? It does. You know, a, a Kia might last as long as a uh, Toyota, but you're probably going to spend a lot more on a Toyota. And name brand recognition of a Lamborghini is, you know, significantly more than a Corvette. Exactly. It might have similar specs, but uh, you're going to spend way more on a Lamborghini type of thing. I agree. Now, Clearly, if this was a poll that said which ones are the best for investment purposes, this is exactly how this voting would have went. Um, now, in my mind, when I and I know that maybe people read past my words. I mean, Nate, how many times we talk about people not reading or or listening to what we say and then making a comment? Not that you have like, to listen to what we say, but sometimes Aaron will write stuff and then people will make a comment directly contradicting what he wrote about. Clearly pointing out that they did not in fact read before deciding to comment. <laughs> yeah. It has nothing to do with making like people need to listen to what we say. No, it's like people just contradict exactly what I said, like what Nate said. And there's definitely a possibility that people just didn't read any of the words on the previous slide and started voting on these things just based on what's the most valuable, which is p- possible. But I would have voted for immaculate because if I'm a collector, I'm trying to buy, not only, in my opinion, the best-looking cards, but the most affordable cards, it's immaculate. I mean, you saw the R.J. Barrett. If I was trying to buy Giannis for my PC of all three of these sets, 100% I'm going and buying an immaculate premium patch autograph. There's no question. I'm going to pay, like, I think that the number of 10 BGS9 last sold for, like, 60 grand. I can't buy that if people are wondering. I was thinking more like a 2019 card. That's, like, a 1000 or $2,000. Uh, I would for sure buy that. If it had nothing to do with investment purposes over the NTRPA, which you get a BGS nine of that number of 99 or uh, 10 or whatever. And that's multiple, multiple, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars. But that's just me. Nate, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, yeah. I've always hated the small patch window on Immaculate. <laughs> that's why I said premium patch. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, it is very tiny. The NT is the biggest patch window. Flawless is the second biggest, although pretty squeezed on this one. Um, they always look like. And that, look how probably. small that thing is. It's like you couldn't have, you couldn't have spared some of the room above it where you put the rookie logo and move the rookie logo up and uh, yeah, gotten a bigger patch. Yeah, they probably could have. Uh, also, there are very expensive Kias. Name um, one. Well, I don't know about eighty. I'm not. I don't know about eighty thousand dollars. I'm saying there's definitely ones that are upwards of forty thousand dollars. Yeah, but there. Uh, how expensive is a uh, Sequoia, Toyota Sequoia, or whatever? Are we well? I was thinking of a sedan. I don't know how much the SUVs are. You know, I, I know, know man. It's like, <laughs> all right. I'm not a car guy, I'm a card guy, so I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't get into this debate. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Magic says that there was $70,000 in the car. <laughs> Wait, now we have uh, the K900. Oh, K900, I'm looking it up. I am too, right now. 
Oh, it looks like it's about $44,000 new. MSRP of $60,000. I don't know. The car's pretty... Actually, I shouldn't say anything because maybe someone else in the street. It does look nice. <laughs> you can you can dog for me. Okay. That was the rookie patch autos car stocks. Yeah. No, I'm guys. I'm not a car guy at all. <laughs> um, that was the rookie patch auto voting. If you all have any strong thoughts on that list, don't in the comments, but we will move on to the voting for the staple set. And when I put this down, I didn't really know what to call it. I didn't want to call it like low end set because you got cards from prison that are selling for thousands and thousands of dollars, as well as optic and select. But I didn't want to call it like the thin chrome set. So I just called it the staple brand uh, for, for Panini. And we had Prism, Optic, and Select. And the voting went like 60% for Prism, 25% for Optic, and 15% for Select. Just 15% went to Select. And I think we will have to talk about that, but we will do that after these sales values. 2019 Prism Silver Zion PSA 10 sold for $2,300 on November 14th. Um, that is down a lot from like the 4,500 plus peak probably. Here is a blue of 199 PSA 10 that sold for $16,000 on November 15th. Now this is a huge sale. Um, people really love the blues out of 199 from each oh, prism set. Good little color match. Yeah. Uh, Nate, what, what's your thoughts? Color match if it's different tones of the same color? For different still, shades. I still like it. I mean, how often are you going to get the perfect color match? Dude, I feel like I really have like purple for Mardi Gras. Nah, I like the I like the I like the blue on blue. I do love blue. I do blue like ice. the blue ice better, but yeah, blue ice. I love the 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 dark blue ice from 2019 is pretty good. Pretty yeah. cool card. Uh well, this one sold for 16 grand, and clearly these you know are gonna be some of the highest selling cards out of this category. And then you've got the Optic Hollow that sells for $1,000 as a PSA 10, which is less than half of the Prism Silver PSA 10. I know that there's less Optic Hollow PSA 10s for a fact, like way less. And then this is where it gets interesting. I know this was on October 25th. It's a BGS 9.5. But this is Lime Green numbered out 149 $875. This is blue out of 199 from Prism. I know it's a PSA 10 versus a 9.5. We're talking about 900 bucks versus 16 grand for similar rarity. Um, that right there kind of ends any debate in terms of investment purposes. Uh, I know a lot of people love Optic for collecting purposes. Now, I don't know if I'd be collecting this Zion card. I still think he's like trying to like listen to the ocean or something. Yeah, listen to a shell. Yeah, I do think that 2020 Optic looks really good though. Um, like the Hollows of Lamello and Anthony Edwards, I think it's a really nice design. And then you've got the 2019. This is a select quartzite silver PSA 10, with it, which is by far the rarest of all these non numbered cards we've showed. Uh, sold for 5,500 November 15th. That is for sure down a lot from uh, the peak when Zion was dominating and not over. Did you see that picture of Zion, Nate? The one it is like. I saw a picture of him, but then I also saw the same picture and he looked a little bit skinnier, like in the legs. So I don't mm. know which one was doctored and which one wasn't. Okay. Okay, one well, of them I, was. I just don't know which. And I think maybe somebody doctored one to make him look a little bit fatter than he is. Well, I'm sure people are doing that. Uh, and then we've got, this is something else. November 15th, 2021 in PWCC's November auction. The SGC 9.5, which I know is mint plus. It's not a gem mint grade. 
It sold for thirty nine hundred. The PSA ten sold for twenty one thousand three hundred five on April twenty second. That is quite. That's quite the. Uh, <laughs> quite the um, discrepancy there. Could you imagine? No, I Could couldn't. Now, the person that spent twenty one thousand dollars on that sign. Tie-dye PSA 10? No, I'd have to imagine a PSA 10 would still sell for a little bit over $10,000 now, but that's still like a $10,000 loss. <laughs> um, so that is what we're looking at for the select parallels. And then we have the Concourse Silver PSA 10 that sold for 670 And then the Concourse Red Off 199 PSA 9 that sold for 352 And then the Premier Level Silver PSA 10 that sold for 975 Uh, Ooh, Michael Brown. $5 super chat here. He said, how's my boy Sam Dunks? Haven't seen on episode for him or haven't seen me on episode for a minute. I miss him. Um, well, first off, thank you for the $5. And we are going to donate that to Cam Kessum. Uh, in the past, when we used to get super chats through the break streams, we donate the money to Cam Kessum. So this $5 is going to Cam Kessum along with all that money from the Tampa show. And then as for Sam Dunks, um, I don't know if you saw his last episode the other week. Go like two weeks back. But it was his last episode ever. He explained why it is his last episode ever. But we do hope he'll join some live streams in the future. So it won't probably be the last you'll see him on Cybersox content, but definitely the last Sam Dunks episode. Um, so I, I'd recommend watching that because I don't want to speak for him. He would talk to him much better than I can. Um, and then Nate, back to the voting on this. Oops. This was the uh, biggest surprise to me as like a underperformer was select at 15% of the voting. What happens if this is two years ago before there's any select retail ever made? Well, I still think if you go back two years, pretty sure this would still be the same thing, right? I think about two years ago, we, we were like, oh, we like select. And everyone else was like, yeah, we kind of like select. And hey, you know. We were for sure before like the whole select train. But what yeah, about and like... then And then it started slowly going up, right? And then they released retail. So I still think it would be the same if you went back two years ago. Okay, well, now, if you went... A year and two months or something like that? Bingo. That's what I'm talking about. There was that point right before they started making retail, but right after a boom, that this would have probably been like getting 30% of the votes. I mean, you had you had Zion. I know this because Sam had one. Uh, a Luca, not a Zion, a Luca courtside base, PSA 10, that he sold for $7,000. Yeah. You'll never have a courtside base, PSA 10, sell for $7,000 again. Of of a new player, well, of, new, even of, new player. of Luca too, probably, but of a new player more importantly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Lucas are twenty eight hundred now, but uh, I I I have to agree, and I I think that was one of the first or second or third comments on this post was like, man, if retail wasn't released or retail really killed this voting for select, and I'd have to agree. I mean, there was a time where it was like selects the best thing since sliced bread. And then it very quickly became once 2020. This doesn't even have to do with NBA. Once 2020 select football release is like selects the worst thing ever because. And they overdid it big time on select football with every single. I mean, like how many different five, six different uh, die cut non numbered parallels for every level, you know, field level and concourse and stuff. And then, and then they and added like, club level. And they added level. club level, and they added like a new elephant print or whatever. Or, yeah, um, and and different number parallels. It was bad, real bad. Yeah, I I agree, and I think there was. I remember when I post, 
I think I posted the same like Mike Vrabel cards or something. There's like you're right. There are so many different parallels and die cuts. Well, and then there's even like go re- look up Justin Herbert field level field level rookie right now. You would probably find a neon green, a blue, an orange, a red um, die cut that are all like non numbered. No, keep it yeah purple die cut. Zebra. Like now, yeah. Here's the thing. Oh my gosh, there's red, white, and blue die cut. Um, they didn't have club level for basketball this year, but they did have like a million retail parallels. They had like the teal and pink, the teal and pink cracked ice, the red and orange shimmer, the red and orange wave, like just like all these different ones. And I think that they really um went crazy for no reason when they had a brand that well, here's a problem. Here's a problem. Panini probably doesn't care in a like macro sense, or I should say a micro sense about the secondary market value of their cards. They care in a macro sense because if they're not worth worth anything, they're not in business. But they would re- probably rather print like five times the amount than have their cards sell for like two times the amount in the secondary marketplace. In reality, and that's what happens. And that's why Select has 15% of the votes. And that's why I don't think you'll probably get any more in the future because you really have to buy the specific cards that used to be worth money. The Zebra case hits, the tie court courtside, the, you know, light blue from Hobby. Now it's just picking through all the trash almost. Yeah. Uh, you think you think they have a reverse course? And don't do? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's highly unlikely, but it'd be cool if they did. I mean – it only makes sense if they stop, if they're able to sell it. Well, you, I mean, I haven't seen any select in the wild. Now, there's two There's two sides to the coin also. On one side, it's like, oh, all this retail stinks. There's so much of it. There's so many parallels. There's so many base. There's even now different types of base cards, blue versus the normal ones. But on the other hand, it's like, 99% of the market could never afford to even open a select pack in the current times without retail. Now, certain sets should probably be kept for that, you know, where that's just how it is. That's how it is with NT. That, you know, and then if they do it to prison, they do it to prison. If they do it to Donruss, they do it to Donruss. I'm not really sure. I mean, it's hard to figure out and juggle how they do it, but. Yeah, they're, they're going to, I mean. The way they bring out new hoops stuff, the way they bring out hoops premium, and then hoops T Mall and all that stuff, it's it's all gonna get destroyed. I mean, you really need to be buying specifically at this point, right? Yeah. Focus on what people liked before it's overprinting started. Which I guess is Prism, huh? Well, I I mean it's not just Prism, but yeah, I, I more mean like if you're buying optic, you're not buying the optic fast break blue you're buying the optic pink velocity something like that because those have been around for a while now the rookies sell for a lot always hey quick question for you yes ever had a beignet oh yeah food oh yeah many very good i want to go down to new orleans and have it sometime there but i've had beignets and they are spectacular yeah very very good um this is a great point as well prism has been in retail for a while and one could argue it made prism more popular Prism actually been in retail ever since it was created in 2012. That those are the packs I'd rip after school for two dollars a piece. Uh, now they're like hundreds and hundreds of dollars a piece. But beside the point, 
I did hear a lot of thing, people had said for Select to ever even have a chance to rival Prism, they would need retail. But on the flip side, I would say you need as much competitive advantage as you can to like dethrone a, a king. And once you just try to mirror it, but you're worse than it, you can't overtake it. Well, I have a question. Yeah. You think a lot of the problem with Select retail was the fact that they, A, obviously added a million parallels to all of Select, and then B, made the retail cards blue? Yeah, I mean, that's a big problem. That's a big problem. And I think they did it to try to maintain the integrity of the normal ones, like from Hobby. But then they have Tmall, which has the normal ones. So you don't really know you're buying a Hobby rookie because you could have been buying a Tmall rookie. (laughs) Although I think Tmall technically is called Hobby. It's just not the main Hobby. It might just be like Agent Hobby or something. Either way, that's a good, good, uh, good question. And Rob says more overprinting is for sure coming with Panini with no contract now, dude. I really worry about the quality control upsets this year. I really do. I'm um, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with that. <laughs> I like this. You see this? Yeah. Testing the diamonds from the flawless cards. I'm not shocked by that. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it says in the back, Panini guarantees the diamonds. Are they just opening themselves up for another lawsuit, like the redemption lawsuit that's out there? Oh, interesting. Have you heard about that? Should we go buy? Should we go buy uh, the cheapest diamond cards we can find on eBay real quick, and then join in on the lawsuit? <laughs> Piggyback. Well, I think we have to open that one. I don't know if there's any on the oh. diamonds. I was saying the the redemptions, like the just normal redemptions. Oh, I have heard about that. Yes. All right, moving on to the next category. This is the on-card rookie autograph segment, which this one was the closest voting, and it also surprised me the most. Optic Contenders, I was tracking the voting pretty much all through yesterday and into today, and Optic Contenders was winning for a lot of the voting, probably like 60% of the way through. Optic passed it. Um, Nate, I don't know. I know we talked about this beforehand, so I guess I know your answer. I was about to say, I don't know about you, but I do know about you. Um, I'm not not a fan of optic contenders. And I guess let's get through the the sales values. Like we talked about last time and then we'll give takes on it, but optic finished number one at 38% optic contenders. Number two at 34% very close contenders finished at 28%. So this is optic contenders right here. Uh, The, this is like the base auto from this set, but it's a silver. It sold for $1,306. There is no, I don't think there's any base autographs that aren't silvers or hollows if you call them that of optic contenders then there's the contenders based auto but not gonna lie they took a raw sale here with a terribly centered card so who knows how much like you know how hard it was to find a uh a base contenders base contenders is the only one really in fact i tried finding i tried finding cards somewhat close in date to with the other ones because that's the only one i could find on ebay dang well non-grade auction drum rant base sold for 885 and an optic base auto sold for 810. So this one a little different. The sales values are different than the voting, but I think because this one, all the base are silvers out of this, potentially just less autographs are signed from optic contenders. Um, that probably can cont- contribute to some of the discrepancy between voting and sales values. But my whole thing with this, so contenders releases one of the first sets of the year each year. Um, contenders 2020 already released a while back. Now, uh, Nate actually pulled an Anthony Edwards autograph for a pre-charity show that one day. That was sweet. I did. Nice pull, Nate. And uh, this set pretty much mimics the football set from the year prior. 
or the same year, whatever it is. It pretty much mimics a football set. And the football set, as we all know, is one of the most important sets to football cards because, uh, you know, Peyton Manning's contenders card, huge. Tom Brady in 2000, just one of the most – it's probably – it is the most expensive football card ever. Um, and then plenty of others down the line between Rodgers, uh, Mahomes, any other guy you want to say, Josh Allen, whatever. Um, all huge, huge, huge cards. And in basketball, I know that the market's the market, so I'm not here to try like reverse the market or say it's different or whatever. But at least in my opinion, I would way rather have a contender's autograph than an optic contender's autograph because the way that I feel about this set is that they just took the great set of contenders and the great set of optic and said, let's make more money and then you have optic contenders. Um, I know why you don't like it. And I actually don't mind the optic contenders base autos like that. But when you get into the colors, I don't know why, but I think they look cheesy. I agree. They look cheesy. And I like, I like the silver actually. It looks pretty nice. Yeah, that, that looks good. But then you get like a red, reds and oranges, especially for me, look really cheesy. I, I just, I just hate them. I, I don't think I'd ever be able to buy one. Yeah. And, and I think I like to hear from the comments, the people watching YouTube right now. Um, what do you think between optic contenders, contenders and optic autographs? People voted optic autographs as the best on card autographs for basketball cards. And then optic contenders second and then, and then contenders first. Now there's also a difference here because these boxes for contenders, at least for 2020 were like decently affordable. I mean, not like cheap, <laughs> but they're probably like $300 at one point and then you've got the optic contenders release which is definitely more expensive i think it's around like 500 something for 2020 for one pack maybe a little bit higher jimmy will be able to tell us in a little bit here as i add them to the stream and then optic on card autos which come out optic hobby boxes which are around like 600 something so you're talking more streamlined release the optic contenders which has like five to seven cards a box somewhere in that range these have anywhere between you know 80 to 100 um which I think does, in fact, uh, drive more desirability. But Optic Contenders took it. Or it's kidding. Optic Contenders did not take it. Normal Optic took it. Nate, what are your thoughts? Which one would you rather have? Well, I, I, I'm right there with you. Optic. I don't really like Contenders. I don't really like Optic Contenders. I don't like them for football or basketball. So You don't like them for football? No. <sighs> I had a 2002 Tom Brady uh, Contenders card that I thought was going to be worth so much money in the future. Um, a, it's not. And B, I touched that thing like a million times and it's actually obliterated corners and edges. That's funny. That's funny. All right, everyone, before I welcome Jamil into this show, just want to give an update here. So this week, tomorrow, actually Tuesday is going to be our first stream through the slab stocks breaks YouTube channel. So I said that like the last two weeks, but I guarantee you tomorrow I'll be going live through the Slab Stocks Break sub channel. This is not the main channel that you're watching on right now. It is a sub channel that we made. So please hit that link that I just put into the chat. Hit that and subscribe so you don't miss the break stream if you like to watch those and participate. And on top of that, if you go to slabstocks.com shop, we do have a few packs left of 2010 Panini World Cup soccer. Um, that is with the Messi and Ronaldo premium foil cards. So if you do want to join, a pretty affordable pack affordable packs and there are some absolute legends in that set about half the packs have a premium foil card the other half have a foil slash acetate card in it so very exciting stuff and i'm super excited for that box uh slapsex.com slash shop and if you're a high roller uh read the eminence product page 
some really awesome stuff going on with that case. We actually have three spots sold, nine spots left, hoping to do that one on New Year's Day. So we'll see if we can sell it over the next month. But now I want to bring into the show our guy, Jamil. There he is. Jamil, what's up, man? Hey, guys, what's up? Nate, how you doing, brother? How you doing, Aaron? Good, Jamil. How are you? This is a surprise for me. I didn't know this was happening. So Look at it's that. quite for me. Boom. Hey, but before we get going, I want to shout out to Michael Brown really quick. Uh, he just donated $10 to, uh, to Cam Kesem here because he read about or he watched uh, Sam's YouTube video as he signed off for the last time. And uh, yes, Michael, I was very sad to watching that. I think Nate probably was also. So if you guys want to go get sad, watch Sam's last video and scroll, go back to the last three minutes. But uh, now we got Jamil here. And Jamil, I'm coming Thursday to Tampa. Talk about Collectors Con. What's going on? It's going to be my first time going to the show. I'm very excited. And I think you got some awesome stuff going on. So I'll just let you uh, go with it and share what you got going on. Yeah, man. So thanks for having me guys today. Um <laughs> I, I, I've been telling everybody this collector's con is really it's its own kind of show. Most people think it's, you know, this type of show or that type of show, or it's going to look this way compared to this show. And the truth is um, we have everything. Um, I think that's the one thing that when we designed this show and when, when the team came together, we said we want to have something that's national level, 400 plus tables. And it's growing, by the way, we're over 400. We're sold out. Um, we have uh, another 40, 10 by 10 boots that are specific to other types of vendors. And then we have, all the grading and the stuff that's going to be on um, on site. Uh, there's just a lot happening, but uh, it's not just sports cards. By the way, there's 300 plus stables of sports cards. There'll be another 100 and 150 ish uh, that would be between TCG and comics. And um, I I I'm just I'm excited to see this. Where there's been such anticipation from a lot of people because the first one was uh, such a success, um, and I think a lot it flew under the radar for a lot of people. We had about I don't know four or five thousand people. Four I think it was four thousand first one and so our, our we're expecting a lot more this time as you guys can see we were able to uh pick up a guy named randy uh he's gonna play uh he he played pretty well this year for the uh the rays as well as last year um naked talked to you about all that but um he um he's gonna be signing on sunday at the event and he just won rookie of the year so i think that's pretty uh pretty cool and then we have some voice actors as well uh as well as many vendors like i said um just a lot of things happening the original or not the original but the the newest voice of ash catchem from the Pokemon series. Uh, her name's Sarah. I'm not in Chenny. She's um, uh, kind of a, a big name in that world, uh, TCG anime. And, and I think it's cool to see her because um, she was in, I think, the I Choose You Pikachu movie. She was like the big voice. And I know a lot of the younger generation knows her. And um, so we're kind of excited, just like it's going to be unique in that. And then we have a trade night on Saturday that's going to be sponsored by Whatnot in my shop and some other shops in, in, in the state. I give away some wax. Uh, it'll be from 8 to 12 Saturday night. Last last time we did this, we had a trade cruise, which was awesome. But it was it was difficult right, to, to have a, a big, big trade night on this boat that's kind of enclosed. Plus, the weather was nasty that day. So we decided to get more space. And then we have like 8,000 square feet for trading. Uh, so it'll just be kind of be the collector's con trade night Saturday night. And I, I love the fact of what you're doing here. And I, I took a look and, and saw what, what you're doing, partner with SGC and Cam Kessum and, and kind of the challenge. I think it's going to be fun for you, man, because you're going to see a lot of different stuff at the show. Um, and I know you and I love like the alt kind of stuff, right? Graded comics, uh, you know, Pokemon, um, you know, autographed non-sports, things like that. And that's that's very apparent at the show. So we're stoked. It's at the Tampa Bay Convention Center. If you're in Florida, there's no reason why you shouldn't come. It's the biggest show in Florida by far. It's a, It's really the biggest show in the Southeast. And it's the most encompassing, I think, 
just personally of collectors. And that's why it's called Collectors Con, because we're focusing on grading, autograph authentication, all those things being on site so that it can be done, as well as all the vending and trading that we we uh, we have as well and the autograph guests. So, yeah, dude, I'm I'm super psyched to come. I was really bummed I couldn't make the last show. Um, so I knew I was going to make this one and yeah, I am very excited about the challenge, the $7,000 budget challenge, because, uh, normally, normally when I go to shows, I, I spend a lot of my time just like talking to people, buying a couple cards here and there, but I'm going and I've got about a day and a half to buy $7,000 worth of cards. So I'll definitely come and talk to you and check in and see if you have, you have anything for me. Um, and see if anyone else, whatever else is there, I'm going to, going to be looking. So I'm sure uh, we'll have some stuff for you, brother. We'll have some, uh, We'll have to give you some deals, of course. So uh, we'll oh, have good. that. And um, deals for the are... kids. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna tell everyone, hey, all this money's going to kids. Give me all the deals. That's all. That's all you got to do. I mean, the, the, the thing about it is, it's true. So are you? Uh, you're selling it on whatnot? Is that what you're selling on? Yeah. So we'll be doing a live stream on December 19th uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern time, all starting at dollar auctions uh, on whatnot. So yep, that's how it's gonna be done. 100 percent of proceeds going to Camp Kassam. Uh Hopefully, we can send. 50 kids to camp somewhere in that range or no, that's, that's bad math. How many was looking? No, 20 kids. <laughs> I don't know how many, N- Nate, my, 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 way, math to, way to oversell it. And then uh, <laughs> it would be 30 kids. Correct. Oh, no, it'd be 20. It'd be 20, 20 kids. Yeah. 20. If, well, if, if I had, t- if we had $10,000, 20 kids. So I, I, yeah, I said 50. So I'm like, Oh boy, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, oh, wait. Um, what? Never mind. No, Keep it's on. 20. Jamil, really quick, when I have you here, uh, I was just talking about Optic Contenders, and those boxes just released. I know. How much is a box for now of that stuff? It should be about 500 bucks. I think I've seen it go all the way up to six, six fifty, seven hundred from Sunbreakers. Um, it's, I mean, you got to remember, it's on-card autograph. So I was listening to you guys before, and, and I kind of side with Nate a little bit because I think it's an overflow. I think that it also diminishes regular contenders. Um, and I, I think that regular contenders is even much more of a harder, like grade. It's not got the Optichrome kind of stuff going on, Yeah. but the truth is, um, people love it. I, I wish it was two autographs per box. Right. But being one autograph is tricky. I know football is two autographs. Um, and I, I'm not a big one fan autograph? of all of the numbered, um, or the unnumbered, like cracked eyes, red eyes, blue eyes, parallels that they have. And it. it's like for that price point, shouldn't it all be kind of numbered? You know what I mean? So um it's it's you know i would say it's a, a 550 is probably what the the retail is right now um 550 to 575 but again with breaking you can you can get higher than that we actually have been selling in shop for 500 bucks uh, we pulled a nasty anthony edwards the other night um it was really cool content because joey was like staring at the boxes and he picked it and i said something like in the chat like i don't want any redemption lamello i want anthony and then we pulled it so it was um it was pretty cool but uh, i i i mean it is what it is basketball stuff man i think uh, I mean, we'll do some more episodes coming up here uh, with Mealy stocks, but I mean, basketball stuff in some ways, I think it can also be seen as undervalued with, with some of the stuff and, and really the future of Edwards and, and Lomelo. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What other questions do you have about optic contenders? Very interesting product. Uh, well, I didn't know it was only one autograph for boxes here or for basketball versus football. That's like, not, that's like you have one chance. Either you're getting $0 or you're getting like $5,000. <laughs> No, it's right. It's it is it is very hit or miss to me. Another big release is going to be this week, and a lot of people actually even more I think sought after is what's coming out. I think it's Friday or Wednesday is Panini one and one. Um, it's extremely yeah. low production. They didn't make an FOTL version that I know of, and if they did, I, I mean, I'm sure it was very, very um, low. But uh, Panini one and one is um, 
Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how many people, I, I mean, every product you get so many people that reach out to the shop. Hey, can, what's the price going to be? Can I pre-order? And this product I've had probably three, four times the amount of requests than I usually have. So I'm excited for it. I mean, if you guys remember it last year, it came out with the, then they have the downtowns in that. I think that's what they put the downtowns in and you got yeah. two cards, right? Cause you got the, the auto and then you got the second card. Um, so again, you're probably looking at a box. It's going to be a thousand, twelve hundred dollars a box when it pops out. So that's coming out this week. It's either Wednesday or Friday. I can't remember my, yeah, there's 35 year, releases guys in the month of December. Last year, the boxes started like 500 and then they quickly went up to like a thousand. Um, yeah. Downtowns. Those are, I think. So last year is the first year that happened the set. They had Panini one for football the last few years and the base cards of the, the basketball set last year are some of the best base cards I've ever seen. Um, that Zion rookie is incredible. The John Morant rookie is extremely nice out of that set. I don't have a Giannis yet, but it looks beautiful. And then they did put the downtowns in and have the RPAs. Um, although not all of them were on card, right? I know there were some Zion stickers last year and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah there were some stickers and some of that stuff. I mean, it's not still gonna, a very I mean, high-end premium product. I think the cards oh, are made sure. really nice, you know. And with the downtown added element, I mean, I, I don't think you can go as wrong with that. You know, I, I, I look at it as would you rather buy two of those optic contenders or would you rather buy a box of that? Yeah. And I think the payout is probably bigger on the on the side of one and one. Well, not to mention they have the timeless autographs in that set. And there's some beautiful on card canvas autos in there from the timeless set. Yeah, that, that set I called. think really woke people up last year. It brought a classic kind of it reminds me of the chronology tribute dunks and stuff yeah. like that. Remember, you know, it's kind of like the new version of that. I know that was like a canvas based set, but uh we've I mean think times are changing cards. So we'll see, man. I'm 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 dope to see what uh what pans out with that and what kind of kind of hits are going to be there, who they put in the timeless set. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Jamil, talk to us really quick about when can people expect NFL product to release that is in the realm of like prism mosaic, those types <laughs> of sets. It's a great question, man. Or how about even basketball product with NBA jerseys, right? True. Um, uh, hoops I've heard is uh, January. Um, I know flawless, which is kind of the end cap, right? Flawless will be released the first week of January for last year. So LaMelo and Edward stuff. And then I think you're going to start to see prisms. I would imagine prison NBA and prison football close tightly. I've talked to some people, um, Panini and, and things. They, they were expecting it to hopefully be February, March. I mean, I don't know. We're having a lot of production issues with wax right now. So um, it's affecting, I think the market, I think it's affecting, uh, a lot of people and how they're buying cards, uh, ripping cards. And then, of course, we're still waiting on grading things with PSA, right? I mean, that's another massive, massive implication when regular comes around. That's just the first step, right? I mean, yeah. we're still talking about $100 card grading. So are they going to do away with economy? Does that come back? Do you have bulk submissions? So um, a lot of things there. I mean, a lot of people are looking to alternate. I think SGC and CSG are both um, viable for a lot of people. Um, I think you're seeing that. Um, I know Beckett is, I, I put Beckett and PSA in the same tier, but I mean, it's so expensive, right? For, for the, for somebody just trying to grade, you know, you know, 50 to hundred dollar cards. So um, yeah, we'll see. I, I think the production schedule is really throwing the market off. Like to have mosaic release two months into the next NBA season, the attention span just isn't there for it. I mean, we talked about it. We're going to talk about it in our episode this week. We talked about it last week on Instagram and in our newsletter yesterday. But past that, I mean, everyone's going to be moving on within the next week or two weeks, I feel. I mean, we're it's a, just. We're a fourth of the way into the NBA season, and there's still product from last year coming out. And that's a whole lot of COVID production issues, like Jamil said, which, I mean, it's hard. I mean, 
you know, I don't, I want to know how to make it better, you know, so I can't sit here and like blame the companies, but it's just, it's just crazy. Jamil, qu- quick question for you. Marcus, of course, brother. This, some of the first year products should have been canceled. And correct me if I'm wrong. You probably know this better mm-hmm. than I do. Panini in their, in their contract with the NBA has to release a certain amount of products every year. Correct. Um, from what I understood, yeah, I mean, I haven't gone back and looked at those contracts, but that's how I always understood it, yeah. Okay, so, like, even if they wanted to cancel and just move on to the new year, they probably weren't able to. So that That's probably, probably part of it, yeah, I would imagine, you know, they have to put out so much. Um, it's odd, right, Nate? I mean, to think about, like, just imagine, I mean, again, baseball is a whole other conversation with lockout and all these other things, but um, to, to, to see it as backlogged, um, I mean, is it is it a real major issue for cars? Because if, if the demand is that high, I always kind of look at it from the demand side. So if the demand is that high and people are just always expecting, always expecting, then that means that demand is there. Um, it's odd, the timing of it. Um, but still, I mean, like you look at flawless. I mean, it's I mean, the, 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 the releases that are coming out for this season, the big ones, they're going to still pop. Uh, you know, one and one is, I think, a big release. Optic Contender is a big release. Um, and then we'll get into, I think, hoops. Uh, and I think we have the next release is Prism Draft, which is odd to me, too, right? That Prism Draft will come out for basketball. Um, <laughs> and we're already so far through the season, right? Um, but uh, I think we're just, it's, it's, it's just a different, you know, there's change. I mean, we said there was change two years ago, right? We said there was change a year ago when things went down or eight months ago. And now we're saying there's changes again. So production, you know, how it comes out, how things are graded, who grades what. Uh, things, things have just changed. So um, I don't, I don't see it as a bad thing. What, what's the, okay. I guess I should just rephrase this. Is there any hope for a normal production schedule and release schedule to come back? Or is it just until Fanatics takes over, it's just going to be like this for the next two years? I would, I would, I would venture to say that, I mean, there's a global issue, right? Right. With the workforce and production and plastics and imports and all those other things that are important to, to kind of look at from the economical standpoint. But I, I think that we just kind of have to bite the bullet and just, you know, you know, kind of ride it out. Um, it is odd. And I think we do maybe lose, you know, some, some new gains and customers because they want stuff in season. Um, but let, I mean, if you guys were to say three years ago when you first, I mean, I know you guys have been doing cards your whole life, but like who would have thought that the NFL, NFL cards would be parallel to basketball cards in prices. Right. I mean, we're getting, we're at a point now. I know basketball is still up there. But we're at a point that we're seeing, you know, comparisons in that mid to mid high end product. It's the same pricing, right? For football. Um, I never would have thought that, you know, three years ago that I always thought basketball would have been king, king, king. And so I I think what's happening is domestically, we're seeing more and more people getting into football cards because of just the continued rise of fantasy and gambling and those kinds of things, all those people coming in. So um, uh, (laughs) there is a new norm. And I think we just have to, you know, be ready for it and and, kind of ride it out. It's odd probably for you guys with content too, right? Because, I mean, you guys are always putting stuff out with seasonal stuff. But to, to be able to <laughs> have seasonal stuff be, like, so late to what you put out, is it tricky for, for you and trying to come up with content? with the, Like, Flawless, for example, right? With Edwards and LaMelo, it'll be out in January. Like, it's and the, the triple logo man with LeBron. I don't know if you guys know, Flawless has a, a triple logo man coming out yep. of uh, LeBron, <laughs> which is going to be, I think, probably the most iconic modern card of his outside of his rpa stuff but it's going to be uh lakers i'm sorry it's going to be Cavs, heat lakers a triple logo man one-on-one so i didn't hear about that that's extremely interesting yeah that might be that might have been i might have let the cat out bag on that i heard that internally so uh <laughs> breaking news 
There you go. Breaking news. If you're watching, you've 91 of you on slap stocks. There you go. <laughs> um, I, I'd be curious to see uh, what that thing says on the back of the card. Uh, the calves is a <laughs> is, is from the pants that he wore to the restaurant. The and then it's like the Lakers is not worn in a specific event or game. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, hey, Jamil, I appreciate you coming and spending some time with us and talking about Collectors Con. I'm super pumped to go. Uh, December 10th through the 12th at the Tampa Convention Center. That's correct, right, Jamil? You are absolutely right, man. I think it's going to be awesome seeing you there. You'll be doing uh, some vlogging. I don't know if I told you, but uh, I actually got – we're kind of restarting the card shop show. So, well, that'll be our, our next episode that we bring out. It'll be like – it'll be kind of cool, I think. We'll show the backside of, like, running a convention. Uh, and then also, I'm really putting on the vendor hat. And I'm going to be at the booth more this this event. So um, it's going to be fun. And I, I, if you can make it, please come down. If you can get a flight. Listen, it it was like 82 degrees out today. So I don't know where you live in the country, but Florida, Tampa Bay on the water. Trust me. And the Bills play the Bucks on that Sunday if you want to go to a crazy game. I mean, it's going to be a great weekend, trade night. So I'd uh, love to see you. Come say hi if you can. And we'll be getting some more Mealy Stocks content out here soon. Awesome, Jamil. Hey, man, thank you so much for joining, and we will uh, see you again, hopefully another episode. I'll see you in Florida in, like, five days. <laughs> yeah, man. And, Nate, take care, brother. Good seeing you guys. Yep. Thanks, Jamil. See you, Jamil. 82 degrees. Ha! <laughs> I can't wait five to go. Five degrees in Eau Claire. I cannot wait to go. I will be there in the sun. Actually, inside a card show. Just kidding. Buying cards all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nate. Any other thoughts on today's episode before I just wrap it up and uh, shut it down here? Um, not a fan of optic contenders. Select has been destroyed. And, uh, I do not agree with you on the immaculate. I think the, uh, little patch box is lame. All right. Well, let me tell you this. You're looking at one card from a 2019 RPA set of immaculate. Now it was small in 2018, but bro, there's some beautiful immaculate cards out there. I could go and show you like 10 Giannis cards right now that you'd be like, Oh bro, you're right. No, nope. I'm only basing it off of this one RJ Barrett RPA, and it's trash. So With a crap auto, too. So now Nate thinks Immaculate's garbage for forever. Uh, Rob, I am not going to Tampa. I'm go I'll be in Florida the next week around my nephews and nieces, so I didn't want to risk being around a bunch of people uh, the week before. So That's Planet okay. I'll be there, Rob. I know you're not excited about that, but in, in case it brings a little bit of glimmer of joy to your December. <laughs> Uh, okay, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for joining this week's Monday live stream at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We will be back next week. We will not have a normal Monday night live stream next Monday because we will be doing a PWCC live bidding on the basketball card auction. Last month, we did not live bid on basketball. This month, we are. So on Monday at 9.45 p.m. Eastern time, we will be live next week bidding on basketball cards. Will I beat Nate in all the Devontae Graham cards? We will see. No. Are there any? I didn't look yet. I only looked at the honest card so far. <laughs> uh, either way, uh, come back next week, 9.45 p.m. Eastern time. We will see you all for the PWCC live bidding. Nate, thank you so much for coming. Everyone, thanks so much for coming to the show today. We hope you, we hope you all have a great rest of your week, and I will see you all for breaks tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And there, there are Devontae Graham cards. There are. There are. There is There is a. Uh, there is a – Purple wave and a red ice and a hyper at the very least, and a silver and some autos. Got you. Uh, Thomas writes that Thursday night breaks this week. Uh, Nate will be live on whatnot on Thursday of this week, and he should be starting to be live on both at the same time on YouTube. But we got to talk about that. So, 
Uh, Tom Thomas Wright, if you want to join some breaks with Nate, it will be on whatnot on Thursday. So please download that app if you can and uh, join Nate there. And Magic, I expect to see you there too. Sorry you had to get sucked into whatnot, but it's Aaron's fault, not mine. Too bad. We're, we're here now. No going back. <laughs> all right, everyone. See you all next week.